46. I did hand out those papers there, and so you can follow along there tonight. Some of the scripture, some of the scripture will be on there, but not all of it. And we'll read a pretty good length of scripture tonight. Uh, we're going to look at the reuniting Joseph has with. Do you want the fans on? Would you like the fans on, Miss Chance? Yes, I would. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you, man. Uh, Genesis chapter 46. Uh, Joseph has sent his brothers back home uh, to go get his dad. Can you imagine uh, the reunion that this must have been? Uh, you go 20 plus years or so ago, uh, he, Joseph leaves the house uh, knowing that when he left the house, he was going to come back. You know, he thought in his mind, I'm going to come back and I'm going to see dad and, and the things are going to be good and I'm going to tell him all that my, the brothers are doing. And he leaves the house that day never to see his dad again. Well, in his mind, he wasn't for sure if he'd ever see him again. And then his dad gets the news that the son has been killed. So in the, son's, in the, son, or in the dad's eyes, Jacob, he says, man, my son is gone. The devastation of Joseph and Jacob both experiencing this over 20 years ago, what a reunion that must have been. Two, one, Jacob, thinking his son was dead, is now alive. And then Joseph, knowing, didn't know if he'd ever see his daddy again, got to see him again. Now, let's go ahead and read together, if you will, Genesis chapter 46. And let's read together verse, well, starting in verse number 20, uh, 29. He said, and Joseph, this is the reunion of Joseph and Jacob, verse 29. And Joseph made ready his chariot and went up to meet Israel, his father, to Goshen, and presented himself unto him and fell on his neck and wept a good What a reunion that would have been. To watch Joseph and Jacob, here he come around the corner. Joseph was waiting on him. Joseph was looking for him. And there he came. And he hugged his daddy. And, his, and the Bible says that they wept. He wept on his neck a good while. Verse 30. And Israel said unto Joseph, Now let me die, since I have seen thy face, because thou art yet alive. He said, Now I'm ready to die, because I've seen your face. I'm okay. I'm okay now. I can die. Woo. And Joseph said unto his brethren, and unto his father's house, I will go up and show Pharaoh, and say unto, you, unto him, My brethren and my father's house, which were here, which were in the land of Canaan, are come unto me. And then, uh, and the men are shepherds, for their trade have been to feed cattle, and they have brought their flocks and their herds and all they have. And it shall come to pass, when Pharaoh shall call you, and shall say, What is your occupation? That ye shall say, Thy servant's trade hath been about cattle from your youth even until now. But both we and also our fathers that ye may dwell in the land of Goshen, for every shepherd is an abomination unto the Egyptians. See, that Joseph was, was showing them that the way that you are going to get at this land is tell 
is you're going to go before Pharaoh, but you're going to tell him that you've been a keeper of cattle from your youth all the way to where you are now. And then, and then Pharaoh will give you the land in Goshen. So I want you to think about this. Number one, the presentation. I guess it could have been the reunion, I guess. Uh, but, but the presentation was that his father got to stand before his son. What a joyous occasion. What a happy occasion that the father would see his son. Now, I don't know... Uh, I don't know that I've ever been apart from a family member for 20 plus years and then get to see them for the first time in 20 years. I don't know what joyous occasion that would be, wouldn't it be? Think about it for just a moment. If, if your son went away for 20, 22, 25, 26 years, I don't know, 20 plus years and, and you hadn't seen him in that long. There was no internet phone call. There wasn't a phone to pick up. There wasn't a nothing. There wasn't a telegram. There wasn't a telegraph. There wasn't no way that you even knew he was alive. And your son's come home last week and said, hey dad, Joseph's alive. Won't you come see him? Can you imagine the build up from all the way from Israel all the way to Egypt? What was building up inside when he stood before his son and saw his son for the first time in over 20 years. What a joyous occasion that would have been. What? As the, as the song says, what a glad reunion day. Now, I now as I think about this one day, we will have a reunion day. Well, us Christians, we'll have a reunion day. Those that have went on before us, those that are in heaven now, we will have a glad reunion day. We'll have a reunion day with our family. We'll have a reunion day with God. Huh? The first time seeing face to face with God. Can you imagine how exciting that must be? What a glad reunion day that will be. Anybody that has lost anybody, what a glad reunion day that will be. But also, on that presentation, or on that reunion can you imagine how the brothers felt at that reunion day? You tell me what they were feeling. Scared. Scared? I think, I think scared would be one of them. I think shame would be one of them. Because they're the ones that cause the separation. And here they are. They're the ones that cause the grief. They're the ones that cause the sorrow. They're the ones that cause the tears. There's the, they are the ones who cause the separation. And here they are. They get to see their father, see their son. He would see their brother for the first time in over 20 years because of what they did to him. I would say that the brothers could have been scared, had shame. What else do you think? Anybody else? Guilt, yeah. I would say that's probably true. What do you think? Well, preacher, you know, <laughs> whenever you stop thinking about it, you know, the, the brothers that did that to Joseph, and put his daddy there. Now, are we going to, is he going to find out that we did that? Yeah.
You know, what all did they reveal to Jacob before? Yeah. Hey, Dad, Joseph's alive. Well, son, I thought you said he was dead. Well, Dad, we just found his, his rag out there. We thought he was dead. Or his coat out there. Yeah. What did they reveal to Dad when they stood before? Joseph, once you, once you tell one lie, you've got to keep telling lies to cover that lie. Right. And they had a span of 20 plus years to do that. Oh, and they, and they had to tell that story multiple times. Yeah, how many times did they tell the story that Joseph, our younger brother, well, we went missing one day and found his coat, and Dad, that's why Dad sits in his tent all day, because he's mourning over his lost son. How many times did they tell that story? How many times did they, did they refine that lie that they told? But for 20 plus years, that's what they did. Yeah. But when he stood before Joseph, it was all revealed. Yeah. No, Joseph did not begin to tell them the truth of what took place, but it was all revealed because Joseph was alive. And whether they revealed the truth, the, Joseph himself revealed the truth. There will come a day when we stand before a judge and the truth will be revealed. Whether you want to hide it, whether you want to think you're getting away with it, but you and me too, I will face a righteous judge. And the presentation will take place. And whether I want it to be a glad reunion day, but I will face judgment. I will stand before God and... No amount of lying and no amount of covering up is going to ever do anything because I will have to answer for it. And so here the brothers are. They are having to stand face to face with the decision they made over 20 years ago to the brother because of hatred and envy and strife and unforgiveness. How will our presentation go I would like to think it would be good, right? There'll be shame. I think that there will be shame. Can we make the cut? Can we make the cut? The shame and the regret. Yeah. I think that we'll feel just like those brothers felt in a lot of ways especially if we don't do what we ought to do when it comes to serving God. Um, there's a song that says we need to leave with nothing left. Look, I want to go to heaven. And this is kind of the, the, rest, the, perhaps of the, song, uh, the, the context of the song. I want to go to heaven, but God has me here for now, so I want to leave with nothing left. What does that mean? I want to give everything I have to God. I want to work as hard as I can for God so that when I stand before Him, I'm not ashamed and I'm not scared and I'm not shameful of hiding behind and worried about all those things that God's going to reveal of the things that I should have never done. Because Joseph doesn't reveal to his daddy what they did to him. He could have raped them over the coals. He could have said, look at these guys, look what they did to me. He did, they did this, and they did this, and they did this. He didn't reveal any of that. But the presentation that you and I will face, we will stand before a righteous judge. We will stand before a, a, a God who's made no mistakes. 
And that, I tell you what, if that, if that don't motivate you to do right and live right, I, don't, I really don't know there's much else that can motivate you to live right and do right. That's scary. To stand before a righteous judge. Because there ain't no explaining you can do. You don't have an attorney saying, well, that's out of context, or that's, huh? Well, I understand everything that you've done and said or anything that's written down. Well, the Bible says um, we'll give an account for every idle word. What's an idle word? Every word we just talk. We just talk, 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 talk. We'll give an account for that. What do you talk about? Well, did you hear what so-and-so is doing down there? Or whatever. You know, that's, that is the presentation that I am not scared of, but I know that I need to live right so that I don't have shame when I stand before God. I'm saved. I'm not worried about getting in because I'm in. Yes. And there, there ain't nothing I can do that can mess that up. Nothing. Because I'm in by God's blood. But I still have to face the judge. And I heard a preacher say one time, you have to live in the house you build. You know? You've got to live in the house you build. You know, I wonder how thick my roof is going to be. Or how thin it will be, right? Yeah. No, I don't think it's going to be. <laughs> no. yeah. You hope for that, but uh, right. I don't think you can't just say that. The truth is the truth. Right. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Uh, Were we judged on our works after salvation? From what I understand, everything, um, I believe it's either 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, is in the Corinthians. The Bible says that there'll be a judge. Uh, all of our works that we've done will be put on the table, and they'll be set on fire. And everything that's uh, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble are the six building materials that God gave us. And uh, whatever doesn't burn, that's what's left. You have nothing left. And the Bible says you'll be saved, yet so is by fire. Yeah. What does that mean? You won't receive any crowns. You're <laughs> right. You won't have the crowns that go on top of that, the crowns that you can win, the crowns that you can earn. You won't have a crown. You know, um, and that will be solely based on works. Works ain't going to get you to heaven. But what we give to Christ, that's all based on works. But I do... I do believe that those works, a lot of it has to do with our motives. Because you can do all the good works you want, but do it for the wrong reason, and it's not any good. No. You know, do it for a pat on the back, bud, and you can forget it. I mean, literally, all the good works you want to do, and if you're doing it for a hand clap or a pat on the back, that, that's, you're not doing it for the right reason. You're doing it for, who do you do it for? 
So someone will notice. Well, if you do it for man, you receive your reward. That's right. That's exactly what the God. You receive your reward whenever you try to get to heaven. That's right. And that's the difference. That's right. If you want to pat on your back, you got you receive your reward. That's right. Here. It's already done. It's over. Yeah. It's all it's over. the number one presentation that takes place. The number two presentation that takes place in this text is, well, further on down is chapter 47, is the presentation before Pharaoh. I want you to watch what takes place. No one has any questions or anything before we move on? Um, before Pharaoh. Now, uh, verse number one in chapter 47, then Joseph came and told Pharaoh and said, my father and my brethren are, and their flocks and their herds and all that they all that they have are come out of the land of Canaan, and behold, they are in the land of Goshen. And he took some of his brethren, even five men, and presented them unto Pharaoh. Huh? How many brothers did he take with him? Five. Why did he take all of them? Why didn't he take all of them? You think that uh, you think that he couldn't trust him to stand in front of Pharaoh? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, it, it is all it is all conjecture. It's all opinion. Why you think that he wouldn't take all 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 of them with him? But he didn't take all of them with him for a specific reason. And I don't know what it is. But, you know, one way that we think, too, is that he left some to take care of the cattle and everything. That was it's true. Mm -hmm. so. mm -hmm. <clears throat> it is. It is. But you also notice in the previous verses, he told his brothers that they had to say a specific thing. Do you think that he chose five of them that he could trust to say what he told them to say? Again... It's all a guess or an estimation because we don't know. But it, it, it could be possible that that's the reason why he just chose five. Makes you wonder. Makes you wonder. And I don't think there's a right or wrong answer on that. But just makes you wonder why only five. <coughs> um, yes, sir. Preacher, do you suppose that after Joseph forgave them, whenever it Joseph forgave him what did to him. Yes, yes. I think that Joseph forgot. You know, once he forgave, he didn't remember anything. You know, to to bring back that and hold that against any of them. What he forgave for is gone. I think because Joseph is a type of Christ. He is, and a Christ. You know, whenever God. Gives you your sin, he remembers it then no more. No more. Right. Right. You know, so. And honestly, this is a type of Christ by him doing this. Yes. Because he didn't have to bring his brothers and his dad before the before Pharaoh. He could have just did whatever he wanted to do. Because Joseph had the authority. Because Joseph had the authority. 
So would he wanted to make their living situation better than it was in Canaan. Yes. And so he wanted to, them to have the best. He forgave them, yeah. whether he forgot about it or not, but he forgave them, yeah. and he never held it against them no. for what they did to him, ever. You'll never see in this text where he was like, well, he did that to me, so cut him out. No, all of these young men, all of these brothers got the same position in Goshen that all the rest of them did because he didn't show any favoritism, and he had forgiven them because yeah. he wanted the best. Because I think, you know, whenever... Trust anymore because he forgave. You don't remember that. Right, right. All of that is gone. And this is all brand new, you know. So, right. Uh, that's that's what I think. Okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think he left some of them to take care of the cattle. That show very that the cattle. He had to leave some to, to take care of the cattle. Right, right. <laughs> that they brought back home. Right, because I mean there was. There was still there. I think the Bible said like sixty people or something like that, somewhere around there, um, that he brought with him to Goshen. So, um, and the other thing would be is that's a big group of people to bring into Pharaoh's house. You know, I mean, he didn't need all of his brothers in there. He just needed some of them in there to explain to Pharaoh what it was. The Bible doesn't tell us who the five were, so I don't think that it was that important. I don't think that it was uh, a big issue. It was just, it was just, hey, I've got five of my brothers here, and they're going to tell you, you know, how we feel, what we, what we are, what we're going, what we're going to do. Yeah. You know, and just set the stage for the next scene, because all of this taking place, um, Joseph going to Egypt, getting put in Egypt, was all the hand of God to place them there. To protect them during this famine. Because if they're not there in this famine, they die in the land of Canaan. That's right. That's right. Because things even got scarce in the land of Egypt in this famine. Verse number three. And Pharaoh said unto his brethren, What is your occupation? And they said unto Pharaoh, Thy servants are shepherds, both we and our, also our fathers. They said, Moreover unto Pharaoh, for to sojourn in the land we are come, for thy servants have no pasture for, to, for their flocks, for the famine is sore in the land of Canaan. Now therefore we pray thee, let thy servants dwell in the land of Goshen. And Pharaoh spake unto Joseph, saying, Thy father and thy brethren are come unto thee. The land of Egypt is before thee in the best of land, make thy father and thy brethren to dwell in the land of Goshen. Let them dwell, and if thou knowest any men of activity among them, then make them rulers over my cattle. Hmm. So we see the presentation of our brothers to Pharaoh, but he's not done yet. He brought in his brothers. He brought in five of them to let uh, let them see Pharaoh. But then he wasn't done. He had to sell his dad. He brought his dad in, verse number seven. And Joseph brought in Jacob, his father, and set him before Pharaoh. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Jacob, How old art thou? 
And Jacob said unto Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are a hundred and thirty years. Few and evil have the days of the years of my life been, uh, and have not attained unto the days of the years of the, of the life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimage. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from before Pharaoh. Joseph wanted to show Pharaoh his dad. Can you imagine? As he come walking in 130 years old. Having the hip problem that he has because he wrestled with the angel in the night. 130 years old. Weak and tired and feeble. Stand before Pharaoh. And the first thing he does is he blesses him. And the last thing he does is he blesses him. What a presentation for Pharaoh and the father. And then lastly, number two, is the provision that was given. <clears throat> Psalms 47, verse 11. Watch what takes place in chapter, verse 11. And Joseph placed his father and his brethren, gave them a possession in the land of Egypt, in the best of the land, in the land of Ramses, as Pharaoh had commanded, watch, and Joseph nourished his father and his brother and all his father's household with bread according to their families. See, Joseph brought his family to Egypt, was able to show him to Pharaoh, and God blessed Jacob, God blessed Joseph with the best of the land. Why? Why does God bless Jacob with the best of land? Why does God bless Simeon and Reuben and Judah and, and, and Benjamin, all the brothers, all the brothers of Joseph? Did they deserve the blessing? There was a time that they didn't. But Joseph forgave them, and they did. Does that remind you of somebody? You and me? Who does that remind you of giving provisions to somebody? That's God. Giving provisions to you and me. Philippians 4, verse 19. The Bible says, But God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You think that it's you think that just for a moment that God forgot about the children of Israel, he didn't. He set the stage for Joseph to come to Egypt. And then he was beginning to set the stage for Moses to walk the children of Egypt out of there. But before Moses was the leader and Moses was the triumpher and Moses crossed the Red Sea and before they could get water from the rock, it all started right here when God blessed during a famine time to protect the children of Israel and to protect the seed, the, the precious seed of Jesus Christ here, he was the provider. He is the provider. He never fails. God shall supply all of your need 
shelter. Every time we need food, who provided for the children of Israel? God did. God is faithful. And God is the provider. He provided for the children of Israel. They come in with 60 and left with two and a half million. So who did the blessing? God did. In the best land of Egypt. It was given to the children of Israel. His chosen people. The Lord, that's right, that's right. The Lord is my I shall not want. Why? Because he is my provider. Because he is my shepherd. He took the children of Israel to Egypt to protect them. During the famine. But he never stopped providing for And if you will trust him, he'll never stop providing for you. Anybody have any questions? Thoughts? God answers prayer. He knows. He knows. He knows exactly what you know. You know, Joseph didn't know for years what was going to happen. No. God had a plan for him. Romans 8, 28. He didn't know. But uh, God worked everything in his favor. That's right. And his family's favor. See, his family was blessed because Joseph was blessed. That's right. His dad was blessed, and he blessed Pharaoh because Pharaoh made sure he took care of Jacob. He, he personally right. told Jacob, you know, take the best land. Oh, yeah. Well, he did. He gave him. He gave him the best land in Egypt. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. How long was it before uh, Moses? Moses. Four, four hundred, three hundred, three hundred something years. I something like that. Ma'am. Yes, two point four million, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, they didn't know, i tell you how long it took. It was long enough. They didn't know who Joseph was. The Bible says in Exodus 1 that they didn't know who Joseph was. But God revealed himself to that Pharaoh. And he saw a mighty hand of God in Joseph. And there was a dearth for a long time without a strong leader. Bible doesn't give us a whole lot of information during that time, and they became their slaves. Then they were in slavery for that long. But they came from slavery to the top. It would have bothered, what, 430 years? Something like, I don't know the exact amount, but yeah. Yeah. Long enough. God brought them out. But you know, Brother Trent, this Yes, sir. 
That's right. Comes out of that. that Those twelve tribes of Israel in the in the end times. Comes out of this lineage right here. That's we right. I'm studying about. That's right. Tonight. That's right. That's right. And you want to know? Here it is. But you want to know why it's so important that Joseph forgave every one of them so that God could preserve the seed of Simeon and God could preserve the seed of Judah and, and Reuben and, and all the brethren. Their seed could be preserved because Joseph forgave them in the land of Egypt because if he wouldn't have forgave them, he would have said, cast him out because he's the one that threw me in the pit and cast him out because I heard him talking about how evil I was. No, he said, forgive them. And God preserved the seed of Jesus Christ with Joseph forgiving his brothers and giving them the best land because of forgiveness. And if we'll forgive, we can have the best. I didn't mean to stir you up, Richard. Come on. You're right. You're right. Well, it's all set in effect here because if Joseph does his own thing and says, I've got this handled, what does he do? He destroys the lineage of Christ in the house of Jacob. But if you'll go back, who is Jacob's daddy? Come on, and go back and go back. And God said, I will bless your seed. Yeah, That's right. Your seed will be blessed. And no, and, and I will bless them that bless you, and I will curse them that curse you. You don't think that still stands today? People that stand against Israel, God will curse them. People that stand with Israel, God will bless them. Amen. Now look at us. We're blessed as a nation. I think... I think one of the reasons we are blessed as a nation taken is because up of Israel. Israel. Ever since they became a nation back in, what, 48? 48. And uh, we, we blow them in uh, as, as a nation. But we were always behind. Uh, just recently, our president voted uh, 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 Jerusalem as the capital of, of uh, Israel. You know, and, and it's, it's still evolved. Still, God's people, the children of Israel, will always be God's right. chosen people. Yeah. That's right. Even though they don't believe that He is the Messiah, they're still the chosen people of God. Because God, just say, because God will never turn His back on us. How about that? Amen. Yes, ma'am. talking about that in Sunday school.
prophets. But I believe what she's referring to is where the God yes, that uh, hiding place that God's going to put uh, His people in. I don't believe nobody knows where it's at except God. Right. Well, I I, I know I know. No, that's that's interesting. Plant the Bible anywhere, everywhere, right? Amen. Amen. But the 144,000 is going to be on earth. Right. Preaching the gospel. And they're going to be believing in Jesus, of course. Oh, yeah. And they'll be preaching. They'll be preaching the gospel. And the gospel is Jesus only. It'll be worse darkness than what it is today. Just because of the darkness of the devil. Amen. All right. Anybody else have any questions or comments? The preservation of God's people, God never stopped providing for them. That's right. And you see it. You can see it here in this story and go forward to Moses' story. And God, God's provision for his children, God provided for them in the middle of the desert when when they wouldn't listen to him and they wouldn't go God's direction, God still provided for them. Then go forward in a time over and over again. God's children still refused to listen to God, but God still provided for them when they needed provision. God's prophets, God's men, God protected. Amen. All right. That it? It's good. Amen. Well, it just, it just shows you that a strong man forgives and a weak man does. Well, it takes a strong man to forgive, that's for sure. Then a strong because man will always prevail over the weak man because he don't let that bother him. He goes on about his business. He forgives, I forgive you. You know, he, he don't eat him no more. It's, it's gone. He pursues other goals. You know, we talked about that um, a couple weeks ago, maybe it was, but I would say forgiveness is probably one of the hardest things to do. You know, if someone's truly hurt you, that's it's hard to forgive them. And and just personally, sometimes I think it takes more than just once saying I forgive you. I don't know about you, but maybe you're better than me, but maybe you can just say it once, I forgive you, and walk away and you're good, good. Um, but sometimes it takes, you know, multiple times. Jesus said, How many times do you forgive? Seven times, seventy. And I think that principle is not necessarily the 7 times 70, but the principle is just until you're done forgiving. If that person still ticks you off when you see them, you still need to forgive them. You know, I mean, that's, that's kind of that, right? <laughs> but it is, the, it does take a, a strong man or a strong woman to be able to forgive because it's not the easy thing to do. All right, anybody else? All right, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for tonight. I pray that you'd help each and every one of us um, about our judgment that we'll see before God, but Lord, also um, your provision for God's people. Thank you for the provision. Thank you for providing for our families. I pray that you just continue to provide for our church. And we